came together, all the songs, everything was was pointing just to something miraculous to happen, just to stir in people and uh, and then this individual, this situation that was that was happening, uh, you know, God just led and and uh, the. Two of the, the two people that could make that happen or three that could make that happen were right there in church. God put it all together. And, and, but what was so cool was is, is that all of that was able to be lined up uh, for her so that her faith was set before. You know, it, it didn't just happen where she said, well, isn't that a coincidence? It was something she's praying for. It's something she's believing for. And then the message that I was preaching was, was stirring her to faith about it. And then all of a sudden this, I mean, you know, and everything just kind of fell into place. And uh, so not that any of us are looking for the glory of it, but what's so exciting is, is all of a sudden she sees that God works in ways we cannot see. He'll make a way for me. And, I, and, you know, a lot of times I think that, that, that people get an expectation of, you know, I said this in one of my radio spots. I do, I do a radio uh, program on um, God's country. I do a couple of deals on KOFM on Sunday mornings. And I record them beforehand. And, and, and one of the things that I re was recording, I said, you know, or in, in this two-minute recording that I was doing, I said, too oftentimes people want to prophesy the negative and hope they're wrong. You know, they always say, well, you know, it's going to go, it's going to go south. So they, they want to prophesy the negative and hope they're wrong, and that way they're not disappointed. If they're right, they're not disappointed if they're wrong, I mean, because they expected it. And if they're wrong, they're happy. Well, listen, I don't do that. And I teach you better than that. I don't want to prophesy the negative. I don't want to expect the negative. I want to expect the positive. Negative happens. I'm not saying it won't, but I'm saying I'm expecting God. I expect my toast to fall jelly side up. You know what that means? Yeah, you're, you're, you're putting the jelly on your toast, and it falls out of your hand, falls on the floor. If it's jelly side up, it's all good. <laughs> Just go ahead and eat it. If it's jelly side down, not only do you not get your toast and jelly, but it's a mess. But see, I want my toast to fall jelly side up. And you know what? When it doesn't, I just grin and go on. And you know what? I don't say out of my mouth, it never said, well, I better go back to bed. This day's this shot. No, I don't do that. I just go, well, isn't that, a, isn't that funny? I got a picture. I'm, if I haven't posted this one yet, I eat... Uh, I eat chia seed in my, like in my shake or whatever, doing whatever in the mornings for part of my, part of my routine. And so I take a scoop of chia seed. Well, if you've ever had any chia seed, it's like, like little BBs and it's, it's, it goes everywhere really fast and it's slick and it, it just is a mess if it doesn't go where it's supposed to go. And the other day I, I bumped the, I was getting a scoop and I bumped it and I, and, and I knocked the sack out of my hand. And so it lands on my feet on the floor in the corner. And I'm thinking, oh, great. And I said, Sue, you need, no, I didn't really. I, I, I cleaned it up. I actually did clean it up. And I said, but I, I took a picture of that because I had to laugh. It's kind of like the time I spilt my cup of cereal as I was hurrying to get over here and, and uh, getting in my pickup and dumped it right in my cup holders and my console of my pickup. You know, that can ruin your day or you just choose to say, no, I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to grin and go right on. And because, listen, my message tonight is titled, You Are God's Handiwork. And if you got your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 3, no, chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. And I want you to go here because 
And all this kind of fits together because I want you to see yourself as somebody that God values and that God put together. You know, some of y'all have some idiosyncrasies. I'm being really nice. Some of y'all are different, right? Some of us are different. Well, listen, I'm different from somebody else. You're different from somebody else. But you know what? We all have uh, those things that God put together, and, uh, and they'll, they'll be great whenever God gets a hold of them. Look at this verse uh, 10. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he's planned for us long ago. Man, I love that. I mean, just think about all that he's saying right there. First of all, he's, we're his masterpiece. You know, you ought to never talk bad about yourself. I'm so stupid. I'm so clumsy. I'm so this or I'm so that. We ought to just... If you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. Now, there's once in a while in my head, I'm going, well, that was dumb. <laughs> it isn't like I, I don't recognize my flaws or my failures or my mistakes. I'm trying to learn to not tell you when I mess up on the guitar, because sometimes you don't see it. And Rick will always, I know he's, he said me this before, and I know every time he's going, don't tell anybody. None of us are quite perfect, but once in a while I miss a chord, and I usually miss more than I'll take the blame. I mean, we all miss them, but, but sometimes I, I, I try not to always tell everybody. What's the song says? If you're going through hell, just keep on going. Uh, you, you might get through before the devil knows you're there or something, or whatever that country song is. You know, I, why, why, let's don't bring that up. Let's just hide from that stuff. No, we got to deal with it, but we don't have to let it define us. See, he says he's, we're his masterpiece. And man, I mean, if, if God has done something in us, listen, he gave us life, right? Now, I wrote this down. We're all the sum of our experiences. You know, here's the thing. Life will actually shape you as well. You know, you're, you're going to have things happen in life, maybe the way you were raised, maybe things that, that, that you were told as a child, maybe told as an adult, maybe experiences that you had that will cause you to have some, some little, a, li a few warped things in your, in your makeup, in your personality, or in your, in your person. Maybe you're, you're really afraid because of something that happened. I, I didn't realize that our oldest daughter, we have four kids, three daughters. Our oldest daughter, uh, which is our oldest child, ha had breast cancer at 20. And it was a, that was a pretty traumatic thing. It's a, it's a very difficult thing for us as a family we went through. But we never thought about her sister that was 12 years younger than her, uh, the youngest daughter, how it affected her. We just kind of blew on by that. And, and, you know, we didn't realize how that instilled fear in her. But I remember as having my dad die at 11 and my grandpa dying the year before, and then it began to seem like everybody might die, and I built this fear. There, there was a fear that built in me, because not because God created me that way, but because life put that in me. But here's the thing. The amazing thing about God is, is that the power, the power of God can turn even the worst of experiences into great strengths for our good. You know, that's the exciting thing is you have, we all have baggage, we all have things in life, but you can make that a testimony of God's goodness and His grace and His mercy and His power. It's an amazing thing what God can do if we just allow Him to be at work in us. Notice that verse 10 again. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew. 
in Christ Jesus. If you have made Jesus Lord of your life, he created you new. The moment you're born again, you were created anew. With the being born again, that, that 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All things are passed away, all, old things are, old things are passed away, all things are become new. That word or that understanding in the Greek text is that it means something that's not existed before. You became new. Now it wasn't all your mind and your flesh, but your spirit, man, was born again. So that means on the inside, the real us. The eternal us is new in Christ Jesus. Now, that's an awesome thing. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Now, notice why. So that we could do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Okay, now, think about this. This is just coming as I'm reading this. There's a timeline just set right here. There's the now of when we got made Jesus Lord, and there's his plan from long ago. He said he created in us, or, or anew, when Christ Jesus comes into us, he's doing something on the inside of us that's going to enable us to do what he planned before life warped us, or before, before life did, did, did the things that it changed. It doesn't mean it's lost. It simply means that we need the power of God to work in and through us to overcome those things that we've been through. You know, we ought to begin to ask God, God, how does that fit me? And what do I need to change about the way I talk and the way I think and the way I approach life? Because God, if you're in me, your power's working in me, and your plan before all this stuff happened, it didn't change. Now, God, what do I have to do to get in line with your will, your plan, your purpose for my life? I'll tell you what. Sometimes we think we're, we're needing to do all everything for ourselves, and sometimes we just got to trust God. Now, I'm, 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 I'm big on good works, not works to earn salvation, but putting in the work. I mean, putting in the showing up. I, this Bible right here is getting ready to get replaced because it's about wore out, and it's not that old. Uh, I was talking to a guy, an old friend that I ran into uh, at uh, the Christian bookstore today. I was in there looking at buying a new Bible and, and uh, another Bible. I've only got, you know, a bookcase full of them. But, but I, I wanted this other one of these, and, and I began to look at that, and, and he said, well, I guess you're using it, you know, that, that's breaking it in. Well, you know, there, there can be some, some may be able to carry a Bible for a long, long time. But when you, I probably, I don't know how many hours a week I'm in a, in a Bible and opening them and, and carrying them and, and laying them down and taking care of them from room to room and handling them and using them. That's, that's, they're going to get used. I'm not saying that you all got to spend as much time in the Bible as I do, but, but we got to ask ourselves, are we doing some of the things that's going to help us help allow God to shape and mold us? Now, he says in verse 8, let's back up. Actually, let's back up to verse 4. I love this, Ephesians. He says, but God is so rich in mercy that he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It is only by gr God's grace that you've been saved. How many of you understand and know that? It's only by God's grace. Here's the thing. 
Don't just say that. Don't just repeat that. Allow God to begin to help us to really grasp and understand how good that is. Verse 6, For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point us in... Uh, so God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and the kindness towards us as shown in all that He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Notice he, just, he talks about the rich mercy of God. He talks about that, that, that Jesus died and provided all, that, all that, that we have and all that, that enabled us to be saved. Verse 8 says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done, so none of us can boast of it. Now, so you say, well, I thought you just said we need to have good works. Well, there's a difference between the, the trying to work for salvation. We can't do that. We receive that as a gift. That's given to us by God. And we don't, we, then we just show up and allow, put ourselves in the, the uh, place that God needs us to be. You know, probably the greatest work that we have to do is putting our flesh down and just showing up into the presence of God. Getting our mind renewed to this word. You know, you're the one that's got to switch off that reel that's going around and around in your head that's, talking, that's remembering the wrong and remembering the bad or allowing the doubt in. You do that by what? You take the Word of God and you stand on it. You begin to say, Father, I thank you and I praise you that your Word says. And whatever that is, whatever that promise needs to be, you make that statement over and over and stand on that Word. It's something that I said on Sunday. I said, I guarantee you the way that Sue and I were blessed to be taught before we were married and then after we we're married, we stood in, the, in, on, in faith on the Word of God and we constantly kept that as the, the way that we were going to live. There were a lot of times there were circumstances that argued against God's promise, whatever it be. But we chose that we were going to stand on that Word regardless we're going to hold fast to it. Well, uh, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. I want to look at another scripture here along this same line. And most of you, or a lot of you, might could even quote this. Uh, it's pretty familiar to, to some of you. After we read it, you'll remember it. But Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. You know, I love the first parts of that, at least out of the New Living Translation. It says, and, and we know that God causes everything to work for our good. Now, understand what that doesn't say. That doesn't say everything is good. I guarantee you, you couldn't, if you to, we got to be careful how I, to me, we got to be careful. I'm very, try to be very careful how I communicate scriptures like this to people because I know I've heard it at a funeral or something, and, and I know as a, as a just-turned-11-year-old boy, if you'd have come to me with Scripture, well, you know, all things work together for good. It's your daddy's dead, but it, it all works together for good. You know, at that moment, in that time, I, I didn't want to hear that. I didn't need to hear that. That was the last thing I needed to hear, uh, I thought, anyway. But you know what? The reality of it is God takes everything that the devil means for harm 
and everything that is very difficult, he doesn't give up on us, even though there are times when things are very, very difficult, very, very challenging. And I can guarantee you, I can tell you that those challenges, those things that we went through, the entire family, because of that was a challenge. And at the moment, in the, in the, in the moment, in the time, we'd say, no, it's not for good. How can it be for good? But yet I can look back at it and I can see where God turned it to our good. He turned it to our good. He brought about the good in it and it did something for me and my family. It did things for us that enabled us to do more for the kingdom of God. It enabled us to do more, uh, maybe just pursuing him. All these different, I, I could go into a lot, lot of examples, but you, you, can, you can fit that to your own life. You know, God will take our baggage and turn it into building blocks. We can build a life from it that's unique and have a ministry to help others. Some of the things you go through gives you a compassion for others that you wouldn't have otherwise. I know that, that when we face some of those things, it gives us an ability to, to walk it with, a, with a strength and with a compassion and to come alongside someone else who's going through those things, seeing those challenges. You know, some say God made, made you just the way that you are. And that's true, but life's experiences have some, sometimes warped us and, may, and, and, and we need to be restored to our former glory. Now understand that too. That there's times whenever, whenever the things that God created us to do or be, that life begins to warp us. So let's look at some of the greatest restorations, great restorations in, in Scripture. If you want to turn uh, to your Bible, let's go to, speed this up a little bit, go to uh, Luke chapter 19. I got a lot of notes, but we're not going to get to all of them. But Luke chapter 19, I, I, I love this story of Zacchaeus. You know, um, because it's a, it's a transformation story. You know, here's the thing. One of the things that, that, that may have to happen in our life is we have to see God transform. In fact, that happen, has to happen with everybody. I, I'm so excited. I see so many people coming to church, coming that God blesses uh, me to get to pastor or me to get to teach and minister to. A lot of them watch online and, and, and follow us, some from other states, people I've never actually met, but we get to know each other through social media. But God transforming, and I hear their testimonies of how now they're reading their Bible or now they're beginning to pray. And, you know, I know cowboys and, and oil field workers and, and construction guys and, and women. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's just amazing how many... Uh, people just are, are, are being transformed, not by anything except hearing the Word of God in a way that they connect with. That's, that's my vision, is to connect people to God, because I know He's the answer. Look at this in verse uh, 1, verse 1 of uh, Luke chapter 19. He says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was chief tax collector in that region, and he became very rich. And he tried to get a look at Jesus, but was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed into a sycamore tree and uh, beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Y'all are singing the song in your head, aren't you? Some of you singing that song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee... We need to make a bluegrass version of that. Rick, you reckon we can do that? 
I don't know. That might be a stretch. We, we may work on that. That'd be fun anyway. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And when that Savior passed that way, he uh, said, Zacchaeus, come down. That's all I'm going to tell you. Rest of us, verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he called him by name, and he said, Zacchaeus, you sorry no good tax collector. Been getting rich off of all these people. You know these Jews hate you. That wasn't what he said, was it? No. He said, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I must go to your house today. And all the religious people all got bent out of shape. That's, that's the rest of the story. <laughs> Verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly came down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's going to be a guest at a notorious sinner. They grumbled. Verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, Notice that. He called him Lord. And if, you, if I have cheated people of their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus' response was, you better because you, you don't deserve anything. No, that ain't what he responded. He said, salvation has come to you this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. You know, I love that. You know, this man was accepted by Jesus when he wasn't accepted by people. And I see that constantly. There's people that have done something. They've got something again in their life. But see, Zacchaeus didn't need anything except the transforming power of, the, of Jesus to show up in his, in his home, in his life. The man came to Jesus, and when he came to Jesus, he called, called on him, and Jesus didn't reject him. Jesus accepted him, but, but he, his response, I, I love his response. He said, I'm just going to fix this problem. I'm going to go on. He didn't, he didn't have to pay a big penance of, 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 of you know, so many uh, hours of crying over his sin. He was able to come into Jesus' presence. The transforming power of God was there. He repented of his sin. That was demonstrated. Jesus said it. I see this man has become something new, is what he was saying. Because he said, Lord, here's, the, here's what I, here's, I'm, I'm calling on you, Lord. He called on him, Lord. And then he said, because he, he accepted him as Messiah, and then he immediately said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm changed. I'm changed. I'm transformed. See, here's the thing. He didn't say, well, I'll think about it, or, you know, after I get past this, you know, this tax season, or after I get to this point. No, immediately there was transformation. And that's a full indicator, a great example of what happens when we truly give Jesus lordship of our life, and we say, okay, God, I'm yours. You're changed. You're different. You may slip back. You may fall back once in a while. That's why 1 John 1, 9 is there. God said he, he, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we sin. But the immediate transformation was, okay, God, okay, God, I'm going to receive it. See, Zacchaeus didn't say, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm a, I'm a terrible sinner. Everybody in town knows I cheat. Everybody in town knows. No, he didn't go through all that. He simply said, yes, Lord, I'll receive it. Yes, Lord, I'll walk in it. 
I, I, that, that is a, a, a powerful example of the transformation that takes place when, uh, when Jesus comes into our presence. You know, the other, the other one that I want to mention, um, the other one I want to mention is over in John chapter 4. Let's go over there. We'll get this one in and then we'll wrap this up. Because I want you to see not only transformation, but restoration. God is a God of restoration. I guess I need to remember where I'm going. John chapter 4. If you hadn't got there by the time I do, I'm not waiting on you. I'm running behind. Verse 4. He had to go through, through Samaria on the way. No, no, let me back up to verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he had, was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. It says in verse 4, and he had to go through Samaria on the way. Now, typically Jews didn't go through Samaria, so him having to go through there is a, a, a word that jumps out at me because normally they would have went around, but he had to go there. Why? Because he had something to do. Eventually he came to Samaria in verse 5, the village of Sychar, near the field of Jacob. And he gave, Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well at about noon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Now most of you know this story, and I'm not going to take the time to necessarily read all the way through all of this. I'm just going to relate it to you. A lot of you may know this, and, and, and you can read through it later on. But I want you to see something that Jesus did. He showed up at that, at that, that hour of the day purposefully. He went there to meet this one woman, this Samaritan woman. And this actually, actually was the first one that he revealed himself as the Messiah to, outside of his disciples who, who had gotten a... But, but really, the first one he, he actually made that declaration to. You see, here's the thing. This woman had a broken life. This woman had, had a lot of failures. This woman was far, far, far from perfect. And he, she fit a lot of our lives, men or women. But it didn't matter when she came into the presence of God because when Jesus, the Son of God, showed up and Jesus offered her the gift of the living water, she was restored. All she had to do was receive. All she had to do was believe. That's two great examples, and there's more, but that's two great examples where, Je where Jesus coming into their life restored somebody to the place they needed to be. You see, we're God's handiwork. And, and you know what? Sometimes life warps us or experiences, you know, give us challenges. But God wants to show up in our lives, man, and shape and mold and change us. And, and I want you to see that tonight. You know, if you don't feel like you need to change at all, maybe you feel like everything's all good. That's a great place to be. But if you do feel like that you need some some. God to do some work in your life. Man, what a powerful time to do that is just to simply say, Lord Jesus, come to my heart and life. You know what? Even if you're saved, even if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, I think sometimes there comes a moment or a time when you need to just simply just say, okay, God, I, I give it to you again, or I, or I release it to you. I surrender all as we sing the song. You know, it, it, it's a powerful thing because we are God's handiwork. And, and the only thing that we can do, we can't save ourselves, 
but we can offer ourselves. You know, I'm amazed at how Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 just, just talks about that same thing, where God brings that transformation through knowing the Word and experiencing the life of Jesus. You know, as we get ready to go into a holiday time, there's all kinds of stresses. Some of you may be worried about going to family's house or having family over. May may worry about some of those things because of the, the challenges that sometimes come with getting together. But you know, amazing thing. You can have God at work to prepare your heart and even prepare the pathway for those, those times together. Let's just go before the Lord. I don't feel like I have to do necessarily an altar call, but I, I want to give you opportunity just with our, in, in an attitude of prayer, an opportunity to commit this to your, to your life. To, to offer yourself or to, just to say to God, God, I want that. I want all that you have. Father, I praise you and I thank you that you know the hearts and lives of everyone here. Father, it's not by accident that they're watching or, they're, or that they're sitting here. And Lord God, you know that the, the things of, of life's experiences that have, have maybe, maybe altered their life. And God, I praise you and I thank you that, that it could be, you know, a failed marriage. It could be, uh, you know, experiences with, with a, in a lot of different ways. It, it, it could be failures of, of, of sin or failures in life. But Father, I thank you and I praise you that regardless of the situation, when we come into the presence of God, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And, and when we come to God, when we come to you, God, you're never amazed or you're never taken back or you're never at a loss. You're always more than enough. Jesus, you said you, 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 that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You said you came to give us life and life more abundant. So, Father, tonight I just pray that, that every individual in this place, young and old, and every individual that will watch this, that, Father, they'll hear the message that, that, they, that, that they are the handiwork of God. And that when we give our life to Jesus Christ, by His grace He saves us. And by the power of God, He shapes and molds our life. That He creates us new. God, I worship You and I praise You tonight. I thank You and I praise You that the miracle-working power of God is, a, is at work in the lives of these people. And that, Father God, there's, there's nothing that life has brought that is greater than the power of God. You're mighty in us, God to enable us to walk in the fullness of life, the abundant life that you've provided. We'll not be held back by bitterness or resentment, unforgiveness. We'll not be held back by what others have done. We'll not be held back by our own failures or sin. Once we give them to you, we're done. We thank you, Lord, that we'll be like Zach, Zacchaeus, and we'll just simply receive it and go on. I thank you, Lord, that we'll be like the woman at the, with the, or the woman at the well. And Father God, when you when we came into your pre, when she came into your presence, she was transformed and she was restored. I thank you, Lord, for everything that was lost, 
I just feel this by the Spirit of God that, that, that those of you that have, have had loss for one reason or another, I understand that. But I also understand how big God is. And in the midst of the greatest challenges and the greatest times of loss, I thank you, Father, that God is a God who restores. Just like Job was restored in the end, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for restoration. And the Lord God, in the interim between the, the completion of healing and, 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 and completion of, of, of just the, the understanding of all that you're doing, I, I praise you, God, that there is a peace in knowing that you're at work, that all things are not good, but all things are worked to our good by you, and that you're turning all things to our good. Lord, we praise you. We thank you for it. I praise you, God. I give you glory for it. I just honor you for it, God. I praise you for it. If there's anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord, it's a very simple thing, but a very definite thing. And that's to simply say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. And if you can pray that prayer, you're calling upon the name of the Lord, and the Bible says you be saved. So I praise you, Father God, for any that are needing to pray that prayer, that they contact us so that we can meet with them and strengthen their life. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, you know, I tell you what, God's good. And uh, I don't know what all's going on in everybody's life. I, I really didn't know where all that message was going to go, but I absolutely know that God knew exactly uh, who needed to be ministered to tonight. So I just thank you for being here. Getting ready to go into Thanksgiving time. We're going to close in prayer. I'm, I'm just going to, you say, well, you just prayed for like five minutes. But uh, we're going to pray and close, we're going to close in prayer. I don't think you can pray too much. The one number one thing I try to do in my life more than anything else is spend time in prayer. <clears throat> but I do want to pray over everybody who's traveling. I don't know about you all, but we got to, we, we're getting in the car in the morning and going. And so we're going to pray for all of us. So let's close in prayer again. Father, we just praise you for this service. We praise you. I praise you for these people. And, and Lord, we all got a lot going on right now with, with Thanksgiving coming up, holidays, all that good stuff. Father, I just pray for every family represented here. And I pray, Father, that the, the light of God would be seen and evident in, in, the, in these homes. And Lord God, you would shine into their, their life so they can shine into the lives of those that they meet with. Lord, I pray that there'd be safety and protection, a hedge of protection around each car, everybody that's driving uh, to and from these people's homes and, and or they are going to others. God, I pray that you just watch over us. I praise you, and I thank you, Lord God, that as we meet, as we gather, that, God, it'll be a, a time for thanksgiving of all the good things that you've done for us. I thank you, Lord God, that you'll be with each one as they go out and as they come in. I thank you that they'll be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Bless going in and bless coming out in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a blessed week. We're going to get to leave this set up.